and welcome to the Way Out Westy podcast. My name is Mike Leather and this is our little corner of the internet that's all about travel, aircraft VWs, technical advice and doing it in your camper. Yep, I know you do too, so let's get rolling. Hello and welcome to the Way Out Westy podcast, episode number four. So sorry, it's been a little while, guys, since episode number three, but we've been pretty busy here um, at the Way Out Westy headquarters. Um, done several parts of our UK tour and several parts still coming up. And a bit of travel here and there and getting to see some people for some podcasts finally. So uh, today we have um, some lovely people called Joe and Will, otherwise known as Sunshine Joe, and their camper van Buddy. We first met these guys uh, just over a year ago uh, on an organised hike um, through some mutual friends. And uh, they have had a camper van for now for about a year um, and online their photos and uh, Joe's work just astounded me really. Um, we desperate to uh, we were desperate to get them involved in a podcast and both absolutely fascinating people. So more on that a little bit later. So a bit of an update for you guys. Um, we did our first tour date in Burnham. It was uh, hosted by the the lovely Kev and Kath on their absolutely beautiful farm. Uh, has some guys along, Jez, Adam and Simon, uh, in their fantastic VWs. Um, I'll put some pictures on if you've not already seen them on uh, on the website. So to update you, um, our website now has a page where you can view all the podcast episodes and also show notes and pictures from various things I mentioned. Also links to previous parts or previous people that I've mentioned. Um, so that is wayoutwesty.com forward slash podcast. That's wayoutwesty.com forward slash podcast. After the uh, first awesome tour date in Burnham, uh, we then headed over to the Isle of Man. So packed up um, our trailer with a spare engine and all associated bits and pieces to uh, help teach people. Headed up to Liverpool, um, up there nice and early and got the nice and early ferry. Ferry crossing, three hours. Luckily, it was actually very nice and still. We're not boat people at all. Um, so, yeah, got over there. By the time we actually got off the ferry and got onto the island, um, it was already dark. And typically, we took a wrong turning and ended up going across a mountain pass and part of the Isle of Man TT course um, with heavy trailer in tow. So that was fun and games, but, uh, you know, it's uh, we wouldn't do it any, any other way, most likely. So... We were hosted by the lovely Marion, and uh, she basically opened up her driveway and her house to us, um, which was absolutely fantastic. Um, she's an absolutely lovely lady, um, met her family and lovely dogs. Couldn't have done the, uh, the, the tour without her. We had the lovely Deborah, Nicole, Donald and Stephen along. Thank you guys for coming and spending a lovely day together. Um, Hopefully uh, all the bits and pieces we went through and how to uh, keep the engine going, what to overcome if you have any breakdowns um, and actually physically adjusting the end, tuning the engine um, in person um, yeah, was massively helpful. So yeah, really nice to have you guys along. After a four day stint on the Isle of Man, after servicing Marion's Camber and Beetle, uh, we then headed over to North Wales and Clandudno near Snowdonia. 
and uh, I stayed in a lovely campsite first and foremost near Betsy Coed called Rynith Farm, that's R-Y-N-Y-S Farm. Um, you may have well already seen it on my Instagram or you will be able to see it on the show notes on uh, my website, westy.com forward slash podcast. Got an amazing, amazing view of the Milky Way. Um, it was just right time of year, right place, perfect conditions, and in Snowdonia, Milky Way sat on top of our camper van rocky. Absolutely beautiful. And we headed over to Clandudno, um, where uh, a lovely guy called Colin um, opened up his driveway and his house to us. And we had a great workshop on his drive, which uh, ended up being consisted of four awesome Volkswagens. So uh, late 80s bug, a 66 split, a 69 bay, and an 89 Type 25 with Type 4 engine. So between myself, uh, Colin, and Richard, we uh, had a great day, obviously eating a lot of cake and some nice sandwiches and lots of cups of tea and coffee, but uh, mainly learning um, what BW engines are all about. I, of course, took my trailer and had my teaching engine with me, so we had that, went through that over uh, a day session um, to kind of give the guys uh, more of an insight uh, onto how BW engines work and what to do if you have any problems and how to avoid them. Also, whilst I was there, I serviced Colin's lovely Type 25. Um, that was uh, really pleasurable. It's a nice, good, original engine. Um, hasn't been mucked about with at all. Dias need some new carburetors because the Type 4 original Solexes tend to be worn out these days. So he is now booked in for a Weber ICT conversion in November. So looking forward to seeing you again, Colin. And thank you again so much for opening up your your driveway and your house. Um, and it was great to meet your, your family and lovely dogs as well. So I'll be seeing you again soon. Uh, pictures, of course, uh, will be on the website uh, where it was the dot com forward slash podcast after the workshop uh, we headed to a slightly different campsite after being blown away from the first campsite of Rennes Farm um, and the beautiful views of the valleys there we headed over to uh, Lake Gwynn campsite which is at the foothills of Snowdonia again we were Totally, totally blessed with good weather. And uh, yeah, as you'll be able to see for some photos and videos there, um, absolutely beautiful, would highly recommend it. You literally camp right next to the lake. If you have a tent, you can almost camp on the shoreline. Um, if you're in a camp, you have to be a little bit further back, but it's just still amazing views. Um, really good uh, facilities there, um, especially if you're into your hiking, just literally rock out of your camper after a bit of brekkie and uh, head straight up the mountain. So uh, yeah, highly, highly recommended. After a short stop there, we uh, had to unfortunately take the long way round. It wasn't too unfortunately because it was absolutely beautiful. Um, so we ended up um, going all the way sort of back round um, to sort of Bessie Coed, uh, sort of long way around the mountain because there was a road closure. Um, but yeah, we managed to stop at quite a few places on the way, get some uh, some great photos, spend a bit more time uh, in Wales um, because we love it and it was good weather. So it's one of those places much like sort of Scotland and Cornwall if you've got the weather you really really can't beat it so we headed home from there um, 
Only issue of the whole trip was that for some reason on the way home our rear light started to stop working. Um, noticed it about sort of halfway home because um, I, it's being a new addition the trailer. Um, I wanted to make sure all our lights were working before we set off each time. Found that the rear lights weren't working. It wasn't actually anything to do with the trailer. Um, there was a break in the wiring that goes from the fuse back box out to the back. Um, fuse box had power the rear lights didn't um, trace it as far as I could, couldn't find any power. Um, so basically just had to uh, pick up the speed a little bit, um, get home before dark. Um, we still had brake lights and indicators. Um, once we got home um, day after, um, I had to run a new wire the length of Rocky um, so that we could have uh, rear lights again. Um, but that's the main job that I need to be doing uh, quite soon over winter is I need to either get him rewired or at the very least uh, replace the fuse box because it's the original fuse box in there which is uh, starting to fall apart being really uh, naff uh, one year only Bakelite plastic. So yeah, what I would always say for anybody that is doing long journeys, for anybody that is uh, pulling a trailer especially, um, a couple of things always every morning check your oil, that's the minimum you should do. I carry leveling blocks now um, when camping not to actually keep the uh, camper level when we're cooking or sleeping that really doesn't bother me but it's actually to keep the camper level so that I can actually get an accurate oil reading um, in the morning so that was a good um, no issues with oil or whatever but that Rocky's a pretty uh, sweet running engine um, but yes obviously I did notice um, the uh, the electronics um, thought initially it was an issue with the trailer lighting um, but it it wasn't it was uh, ended up being sort of uh, Rocky's main wiring so yeah always do check stuff um, it's just safety safety first guys coming up next on the UK tour is Somerset so on the 12th and 13th uh, unfortunately the 12th is sold out but there is a space left on the 13th for anybody that's interested it'd be great to have you along on the 17th and 18th of October in Hampshire, uh, we are being hosted by the lovely Just Campers. So they have opened up their workshop and opened up the doors for us. So anybody that comes on either of those dates will not only have an awesome air cooled workshop hosted by myself, but also a 10% discount on Just Campers parts and a tour of the Just Campers facility. So it should be an interesting one. And that's uh, that's two days with a number of spaces left on both days on the 17th and 18th of October. If you're interested, get in quick. Head over to wayoutwesty.com and navigate to air-cooled VW workshops. All the information and dates are there available. And don't forget, if uh, the tour dates uh, don't suit you for whatever reason, I do also one-to-one -one sessions at your location. I also do one-to-one -one sessions at my workshop location in St Albans, Hertfordshire. So do get in touch. This episode is sponsored by Infall Speed. Infall Speed is a family-run business who create beautiful clothing that's all VW related. You can find them at infallspeed.com. That's I-N-F-O-U-R speed.com. These guys are all about family, camping, adventures, and of course, starting them young on VWs. You've got to check out their hoodies, t-shirts, mugs, canvas bags, caps, and loads more coming soon. It's currently my absolute favorite hoodie you may well have seen me wear it on uh, my instagram or on my webpage. if you haven't you've got to check it out so many awesome colors so many awesome designs 
lovingly handmade by genuine VW lovers Roger, Ali and Amy. They own a 1972 crossover VW camper named Dottie and a 1972 VW Beetle named Frank. It's something a bit different in the VW world. So you guys go check them out. That's infullspeed.com. So let's get rolling on to the main part of the episode, the interview with Joe and Will. Uh, all the details are how you can find out more about them and their candle van will be on my website, wayoutwesty.com forward slash podcast. Just to let you know, we do get quite heavy into the sciences from the offset, but uh, please don't worry, we do bring it right back down, talking about porta potties and pooing camper vans. So enjoy session so nice to see you guys it's been a little while <laughs> waving um, doesn't work on podcasts Jay. <laughs> <laughs> so joe just waved at me for everybody at home there um, <laughs> hi joe um, so we first met you guys at a bearded outdoors hike yes. wasn't it yeah which was, was awesome. that last november no oh goodness i don't know it's Seems yeah, it was was the winter hike, wasn't it? Yeah. It was the winter hike. We're yeah. like old friends now. Yeah. So we are we're like old friends, know each other friends. So also with me is my wife Andrea, who I've been trying to get on a podcast for like almost a year, it seems. Say say hello, Andrea. Hello. Hello, yeah. That's pretty much what you'll get from Andrea today, I think. Um so just wanted to catch up with you guys um and just ask a few little questions because uh, obviously you are VW people. Um, so that's kind of what my podcast is all about. But before we get into that, I uh, wanted to just ask you guys a little bit about yourselves. I won't go into too many details. Um, <laughs> but maybe sort of about what you do and what you enjoy as people. So I'll start with you, Will. So, um, who are you? No, <laughs> who am I? He's <laughs> about what, to have a crisis now. <laughs> what, yeah, what, what do you do for a job? What do you do for hobbies? Um, yeah, cool. So, um, I mean, the simplest answer to the job is I'm a scientist. Um, it's short that way. Um, I've sort of just changed, which is super exciting because um, I used to work in chemistry, um, but I've just sort of switched over and now I'm doing, well, the closest approximation would be statistical genetics, which is super exciting. It's all, uh, and it's all about basically understanding um how well we can predict diseases or or health problems from from genetic information and hopefully it'll be super useful and super interesting stuff it's a very exciting time in genetics but we won't get into that now i'm now like you've intrigued me i want to know a little bit more so do you, do you spe special is there a speciality in, in what you do or can you sort of um I, so the main thing is that there was something a really groundbreaking piece of stuff about 20 years ago now where where there was what was called the human genome project and yep. basically the aim of that um it was a uh, great bit of science came in under budget and early um but was still very expensive where basically the aim was to to do a complete sequence of the human genome mm -hmm. um so we now have a, a reference panel for essentially what a human sort of looks like on a genetic level um and but that was 20 years ago since then actually the cost of dna sequences have come down massively mm -hmm. and you can now get these fancy chips that basically you can do pretty rapid 
uh, checks against a lot of positions in, in the genome and, and work out what particular copies of different common uh, mutations people have. And this basically spawned um, an, essentially a new statistical approach to, to working out um, things in, in genetics where you basically associate particular mutations with a particular disease or trait, okay. you know, whether it's sort of height or BMI or whether you get cancer or all these sorts of things. Um, and so basically the, the, the field I'm working in now is working with, with the out, outputs of these studies to try and um, basically be better able to work out who is at risk of disease and who isn't at risk of disease. Uh, okay. To pick a simple example, you know, there's, there's a great thing in the NHS right now where people, when you get to 40, you get toddled into your doctor, they ask you a load of questions, they check your cholesterol levels and they say, okay, you are at greater than 10% risk of having a heart attack in the next 10 years, so here's some statins. Um, but that's based entirely on environmental factors and other mm -hmm. sorts of things, and it leaves out this whole baseline risk that people have, which is quite variable, of some people who are likely to have heart attacks because of their genetics and some yep. people who are much less likely. So the aim is to, to try and introduce this, this sort of data and information into healthcare so you can be much more targeted about and much more intelligent about who you treat and when. Okay. There you go. Fantastic. That's amazing. <laughs> Mind my, my blown. So I, I did that uh, years ago. I did a, a little sort of stint for a medical devices company, and it was just like it was fascinating to see how certain changes in whether it's medicine or medical devices can massively improve. Um, what am I trying to say? The way we do things and make it massively more efficient, more cost-effective, yeah. so that any you know things that you get into with, with patients um you can just basically money being only one of many many factors um you can just make it way more efficient yeah yeah such a, such a fascinating <laughs> yeah i think i mean it's a it's a really big time for genetic information there's a lot of <laughs> lot of very tricky ethical things to work work out as well mm -hmm. but uh, a lot of it actually i mean quite frankly is enabled by computing power as well you yes, know you're exactly, talking about thing you know yeah. the human genome is three billion letters um, and we've got about one in 300 positions in that. There's a common mutation. So you're talking about 10 million of those. And, um, you know, that's a lot of stuff to, to look at associations against tens of thousands of diseases. So you need a lot of computer power to kind of crunch through yeah, this yeah, stuff. Yeah. And, and yeah. So yeah, in comparison, MPWs, <coughs> easy. Yeah, <laughs> straightforward. <laughs> straightforward, yeah, no worries there, absolutely. <laughs> so ho hobbies-wise, I mean, obviously, you know, you guys, I know you've been on a lot of trips. You just got back from Norway. Yeah, how, yeah, how that was that really nice. Um, Norway is pretty straightforward in answer. My dad lives out there. Um, actually, I think... Um, you know, I've been visiting Norway for a long time because of that, and and hopefully we can get we can get Buddy out there for a trip at some yes. point. It's just a question of logistics, um, and you know whether to drive around or whatever. Um, <clears throat> and I think, you know, we've had Buddy what now? Just uh, over a year. Just over a year, mm. and I think it's really just supplemented our our desire to travel around generally. I mean, Be outdoors. you know, for me, my main activity outside work previously was was rock climbing and so i you know that, that involves a lot of traveling to sort of interesting places but yeah. you know either it would be staying in a youth hostel or in a tent mm -hmm. or whatever um 
but generally speaking, I've always travelled around a lot, and so then it was actually really great to get the camper van and we can just sort of travel around. Opened up your world to yeah. yeah, new horizons for sure. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, no, we definitely want to do Norway as well. So I think we need to get our heads together on that actually, and, and, and try and work out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Buddy up for sure, um, and see yeah what we can make work because there's loads of options we were discussing earlier. Um, getting the van shipped over there and then travelling down the country, or you can get a ferry from uh, up to. Stockholm or you can you know go through other places and go over um, lots of toll bridges and stuff so yeah lots of various ways to do it but yeah we have to make it happen maybe next year that would be awesome so Joe hi Joe <laughs> we waved again, we waved again. again. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you kind of first came on our radar after we <laughs> met with um, Joe and Sam the bearded outdoor guys um, because of your amazing uh, illustration work and your painting and stuff we're just blown away by your massively bright yellow everything <laughs> um and yeah today we are actually wearing yellow clothes pretty Team much yellow. just, <laughs> just for joe um so she's also known as sunshine joe of course um but tell us a little bit about how that came about how about the name sun yeah you know, sort of sunshine joe sunshine yellow wh where is that all from um so where is it all from the name i i'd started drawing and selling Work well when I finished uni, I was trying to sell off old work. I was quite surprised people wanted to buy it. <laughs> to be fair, I did, yeah. I went to uni, I did decorative arts at Nottingham Trent, cool. but I didn't actually do very well <laughs> um, at uni. And when I left, I was like, I don't know what I want to do. Um, I'm just gonna um, go traveling. <laughs> so, I got a job um, just temping for a year or so and then went off. Um, traveling for about nine months, came back. I was like, mm, so I'm in quite a lot of debt now. Borrowed a lot of money, probably need a job, <laughs> mm -hmm. and then um, got a job at Boots. And it was I'd kind of forgotten about doing anything for myself about then. So I started selling off kind of uni work and things. And also while I was away, I got quite homesick, so I started drawing friends and family. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, but I also got quite grumpy because when I was drawing them, they didn't seem to look like how I wanted them to. So okay. they're just like little cartoon kind of versions of yeah. them so anytime I added a nose or a mouth <laughs> it didn't look like them so I kind of gave up and just drew them with like it's hard to explain my work without <laughs> it's having seen it but my portraits don't have facial features other than mm -hmm. eyes <laughs> yeah and and hair and clothes and stuff but so without drawing a full face I managed to draw my friends and it actually looked like oh, them so you wow. pick out favorite outfits I suppose or hairstyles or however they're like different so sort of aspects of them. So accentuating other bits rather yeah. than you see these caricatures where you think oh that guy's got a slightly above average nose it's <laughs> massive yeah. so it's, it's kind of avoiding all the things avoiding all yeah. the okay. Because <laughs> I, I used to be fascinated by portrait artists like on holiday and things when you see yes, them yeah, but absolutely. I never wanted one because I was like right it's just going to give me a huge nose which I've already got a complex belt don't need Wide. it like yeah. the hell. <laughs> I, so I just it was quite nice to draw them without all of that yep, and also yep. um, when I got home I was like giving them to my friends like yeah, I missed yeah. you and um, and then they sort of started asking me to draw pictures as well so like the combination of like oh well I can sell off old work yeah. or other work and actually people are asking me to draw new things kind of made me think, think well that's oh, quite nice yeah. and it kind of like while I was working at um, Boots Head Office which was the real job mm -hmm. I got when I came back from traveling 
Um, that kind of just ticked along in the background. Yeah. Um, and I started to meet more people doing the same sort of thing in and around Nottingham, so it's up there at the time. Um, it just kind of grew. There's a bit more of a hobby, and then it turned into a proper business. So I was making, actually making money from it, and it just made me realise, like maybe it could be a thing. So how long ago um, that was? But when it all came together properly, and when I actually came up with the Hello Sunshine thing, was about 2011, 2012. Okay. Well, okay. So I'd been drawing for a lot longer. Like, sure. I think I came out from traveling like 2007 or something. That was when I sort of mm -hmm. started playing around with things, but it was definitely more of a hobby then. Um, so yeah, in 2012, I was like, maybe I'll start a business. Mm -hmm. And then kind of, you know, you fumble your way through, like yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you just wing it and see what happens. And it seems to have worked out quite nicely. But the name was, I think at first, I went through lots of iterations of things. I didn't really know what to call it from like my favorite word used to be skew with. So that mm -hmm. came up and then it's like obsessed with monkeys and things for a while. My art project and my foundation year was basically monkeys made from recycled things and all mm -hmm. sorts. And so there was a business idea of like calling it monkey bum and doing things based around monkeys. Yeah, yeah. And then I was like, this is all I a bit weird. And in the end, I was just thinking, right, we want to pull it all together and make something, you know, bright and fun and cheerful. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of where the sunshine bit came in. Okay. And like, the greeting, hello, sunshine, always sounds quite nice. Yeah, People always yeah. describe me as a sunny person. You know, school reports, it's of a sunny disposition, oh, that kind okay. of thing. Yeah, so, it's so yeah. So I toyed with the idea of added sunshine for a while, but I was like, that just sounds like a, some health supplement or something. And, and, an alternative and it was just, yeah, it just didn't <laughs> seem to work. And I think, yeah, Hello Sunshine just kind of mm. popped it. Yeah, it's really weird, hard to think about when it actually happened. But as soon as it was there and in front of me on the paper, I was like, that actually works really nicely. Yeah. Um, and I'll just go with it. I didn't know how it was going to turn out yeah, at that never, point, but you never do, do I think it's so. very similar for most people. It's like um, West Eve, it's like, mm. I couldn't tell you the exact moment that that went ka-ching and just kind of worked. It's just kind of, we were out west and it's kind <laughs> of way out west. It just, it kind of felt right and yeah. just kind of, it worked yeah. when you see it on paper. Yeah, That's absolutely. exactly how to describe it. It's funny because like, I didn't know that story. I, you know, because I met you and you already already had this thing going. It's like Sunshine Joe, whatever. <laughs> and you know, I hadn't you really. Definitely didn't play I, that cool. <laughs> and yeah, I just didn't know where it came from. Yeah. There you go. Just didn't know about Monkey Bomb at all. I think we're all surprised. So, has yellow always been a part yeah, of your life? It's always been favorite color. Just uh, yeah. I mean, it was one of those things. Like, there's always a lot of yellow stuff around, and then. Yeah, as soon as people realise you're like yellow, you get a lot of yellow things given to you. Yeah, yeah, so I guess you know, it had so to be a yellow quite, camper van. I mean, like... well, my grandparents had a yellow camper van when I was younger. Oh, wow. So that's where my obsession right, with I campers see. began. Yeah. Um, and actually, their camper was a lot like this. In terms Sierra of Yellow. It was. Um, yeah, cool. So I got quite emotional when I first found I Buddy. can imagine, <laughs> yeah. So um, did you, uh, where, where did you find Buddy? And how, how did you come to the point where you go, right, Today's the day we're going to go out and buy a camper. Where, where, did, it, where, where did that kind of come from? Uh, out of thin air. <laughs> I've always, always wanted one and always thought I should save for one. Should really, and I've been terrible at saving. I've never been good. Like, never been good at saving money. I've been good at borrowing it and paying it back. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. you know, that's still pretty much how I live my life. But um, we had been talking about looking at campers for a while and someone mm. sent me a link to buddy for sale through mm -hmm. uh, retro campers norfolk yep. 
And I just sent it to a little messenger saying, how about we take a trip to the seaside next weekend to see this van? Wait, wait, no, no, <laughs> yeah. and, and at the time we were like, well, we're not ready to buy one. We've just got married. We yeah. need to pay for that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and but we can go and look because we don't know how to shop for a camper van. I mean, mm-hmm. we, don't, we don't come, you know, we don't have the experience yeah. or anything. So it's all like, right, let's begin this adventure and this journey of learning. And, you know, and then we went to see him and I was like, oh, my God, it's perfect. And I just after talking to Simon and Hannah there, learning about him and the condition he was in, his history, um, I just... We spent a lot of time there, didn't we? Yeah, and I think they seemed really. They, I think they were very honest about stuff, and it, it was a bit strange and kind of terrifying because <clears throat> I think we'd we'd started thinking about it right, and we'd been to see one van that was for sale around the corner, and it was a bit sort of suspicious, you know, like they'd wax all the crap out of the bottom of it, and he's like, well, you can't see if this is knackered or, or not. not. Yeah, um, it's just been resprayed as well, and it's it? like freshly resprayed, the wrong gray, the wrong, wrong color. color. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> And so then I thought, okay, well, maybe I'll start to think about it. So then I started reading and thinking, I need to know all this stuff, like, about not to buy a complete lemon. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't ready at all. I had, you know, I had, like, a tiny bit of information. And then Joe sends me this thing, like, well, should you go and and see this one? I was like, well, yeah, we'll go and have a look. And I'll just use this as a dry run of what to check for. And so I went around and, like, it all looked fine. You know, it's all, you know, no problems. It's obviously not two halves of different vans. Mm-hmm. You know, it's got the same number at the front and the back. The engine <laughs> appears to work. There's no obvious rust. But, you know, I mean, they were really clear about what the yeah. thing was. You know, we know there's a bit of filler at the front where he ding- where Simon dinged it with his RV mm-hmm. when, he was t- when he was trying to do a U-turn. But, you know, that's acceptable. <clears throat> and then it just seemed like so obviously the right thing to do mm-hmm. that we just... Yeah, it, it could have been. It could have ended up terribly, but it's worked out perfectly. I mean, just went with that gut sort of. I think if yeah, I was going to say if you go in so many situations in life, especially when you're about mm. to spend a heck load of money <laughs> on uh, a, quite an old vehicle, um, you got to go with your gut feeling. Yeah. Like, how does it feel from? you know the, the people that have owned it have they looked after it have they loved it yeah. why are they selling it um and there's there's this great picture of and this little article in um uh, one of these manuals called a john muir manual and it's got this little section and there's this guy basically in sort of a yoga position sitting on top of a beetle and it's like if the previous owner won't let you do this and get you know one with the zen of the new vehicle then go, go and find somebody that will you know you've got to find the bus that's right for yeah. you that feels right for all those different reasons and it was, so. it was really hard because for me i was again i was swept up in a lot of emotion oh, and yeah, thinking about hiding, you know yeah, like yeah head, being yeah, excited sure. and just thinking about my grandparents and stuff and the idea of it so i was like i need to just calm down like <laughs> call your beans and don't get too too excited yeah, yeah, yeah. we walked away and we were talking about it. we had like fish and chips on the beach and sharing them it's a beautiful day and then like what half an hour later we actually nearly tripped over simon and hannah because they were on the beach and then we started chatting and we were like so maybe we should just put a deposit down <laughs> and sort out the rest of the money yeah, yeah, yeah. if we can like some fun it just it happened all so quickly and then we had to keep it like to ourselves for a few weeks while we sorted yeah because yeah. i think you know we kind of put the put the deposit down without really having the rest of it do it yeah. <laughs> just start right yeah. we can make it work yeah it was nice because the deposit had come like some of that had come from 
money I had left over from what my grandparents had left me oh, years lovely. ago. So it was okay. just, so you know, lots of things right. kind of happened. It's, it's and it the just, universe yeah. has, has spoken and, and conspired to, to, yeah. to make it work. Yeah. And I think yeah. the main thing was feeling comfortable that we weren't being taken for... You know, like, I mean, we were like complete newbies to yeah, this, yeah. and they, like anyone could have just come and it's, tried to it can sell us so something. Easily, and I've seen it, unfortunately. Um, um, yeah. so I think probably you know I had like a month worth of, months worth of reading the internet, and yeah. that's it in terms <laughs> yeah. of experience. You know, I'd never actually seen the engine of one of these things before. Yeah. Yeah. So bad. Well, that's not, that's not quite true because we had had hired them a few times before. But yeah. I mean, it's worked yeah. out really well. I mean, you know, we've got a lot. We've got. It's a buddy was in, imported over from the states in 2013. Does that sound right? I think oh, it's just started yeah. raining. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> and yeah. Andrea, do you want to go and just close our sliding door? <laughs> yeah, it's like break where we it's actually started ticking it down. Yes, mm. brilliant. And this is the weather that was supposed to arrive this morning, I guess. Well, we were kind of coming here with like there's little bits of rain here and then it got really sunny, and we're like, oh no, it's gonna be fine. But they said <laughs> sunny with thunderstorms today. Ah. What the... uh, so well, this is the second part then, I guess. Yeah, part two. Yeah, yeah okay. You shovel in. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Joe, I was gonna say, do you want to come back in and. <laughs> As old school VW owners, we know at some point we will break down. Now, it's not to do with the fact that they're old or they're VWs. It's the fact that they are vehicles and they have moving parts, so things can break. It's the same with any vehicle out there. Overcoming those breakdowns and getting going again, that's where you and the next person can be very different. A lot of people are more than happy to take an AA card, that's how they roll. I like to go very well prepared with the right tools and right spares so I can get going again no matter what. So what do you do if you break down? Yes, you can have a Haynes, Bentley or John Muir manual, fantastic, but don't always get straight to the point. So when you're on the side of the road or on a camping trip, you want to get going again and not waste the special time that you could be having on holiday or drinking beers next to the river. So Way Out Westy has brought out a new guide, a new book that basically helps you with that. So it's called the Way Out Westy Glove Box Survival Guide. Not only does it cover service intervals, it also covers what to do if the worst happens. Also covers what tools and what spares to take with you and why you should take them. Let's go to wayoutwesty.com forward slash shop. That's wayoutwesty.com forward slash shop for a digital download or a hard copy of your Way Out Westy Glove Box Survival Guide. Available worldwide. got pretty much a full history of what happened to him from import back to the UK yeah because um, it was with retro campers as a as a hire van yeah um, for a while and then they sold him to a to a couple who basically yeah. weren't getting the use out of it so sort yeah. of sat not doing much for two years mm-hmm. um, and they decided to to basically pass it back to retro campers to resell on okay. their behalf and that's that's where we got it yeah. Um, obviously, before I came to the UK, we've got no, not much of a clue. Uh, although I was cleaning out the um, the heat vents and I found a, a Los Angeles biro. 
Okay. Which is kind of cool. Yeah, I yeah. love stuff like that. <laughs> it's like this little bits and pieces. I managed to help one guy once. He was he was trying to try and get any sort of clue where it kind of came from, and he had, as you quite often do with VWs that have had locks that are broken. Sometimes you get five or six different keys for one vehicle, and one of them happened to be um, had this very kind of big bold typeface on the key, and it was a company name. He then, I said, well, why don't you check that out? Because that's not original VW. He's clearly had a new lot from somewhere. And he managed to go on and find the company in the States. There was only, it was got a big key making company, but they only had one place where they kind of made it. I can't remember what state it was in. So we found that. And then he managed to find and get in contact with the company. Um, and they said, oh, we don't really kind of keep records and stuff. But yeah, there was loads of buses around at the time and potentially. And so he's kind of pretty sure that he's narrowed it down to the state. Mm -hmm. um, but there's other things, you know, so many people have found <coughs> just, you know, kind of drugs. In in places and fuel tanks and, you know, some I've got uh, still in, in our ashtrays, um, Went, that came with a bus, some like US coins, some like nickels or dimes. I wondered what you were going to say stuff. then. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, no. yeah, some LSD that I'm keeping for later. Yeah, no, no. Just, yeah, just, it's funny that what people find, especially when they're going through restoration and, and things. It's just, yeah, it's incredible yeah. What, what little bit of history you can unearth yeah. sometimes. It's, uh, yeah. I think this is one of the things that, you know, I'm, I'm quite prone to geekery. And, um, and, you know, I thought one of the coolest things is when you start looking to it is, you know, all your, your numbered stamps on the mm, mm. on the manufacturer's plate. And, you know, looking to that, it turns out, you know, there's separate codes for export to South and Northern California. Yeah. And we know that Buddy was found in Southern California somewhere. So, you know, from where he arrived and where he left were pretty close together. We obviously don't really know what happened in between, but yeah. Yeah. Um, presumably in the Bay Area somewhere for a while. Yeah, 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 absolutely, yeah. No, it's amazing some of the history you can find. I mean, I'm, I was lucky with Rocky that I got a, a little notepad um, from one of the original owners that goes back to the 70s, okay. um, where he used to check off the mileage and seeing what MPG <laughs> was doing and all these various little repairs. And I continued to that on when we did our stage trip. Um, and it even had telephone numbers in it, so I was desperate to try and get hold of it. But it was last there, what, I mean, it got imported to the UK in 2008, and then the last entry was like in the late 80s, so he's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, it's like, who knows, like people can move on, password, all that kind of stuff, but he spent most of his life in Denver and Colorado, which Good we managed job. to find out. Um, and we also found out that Denver, Colorado, other than the few days of the year where they get snow, it's incredibly dry. So that's kind of why Bonus. he's still original and not, you know, falling apart largely, um, other than those fuse box. Um, but yeah, so it's, yeah, it's fascinating stuff like that. So any plans to change for Buddy? Um, other than obviously just maintenance stuff or you're kind of quite happy? You mentioned sort of maybe sort of interior bits and pieces. It's mainly just storage stuff, isn't it? Yeah, he's I think we've got so, storage things. such a things. nice state already. Mm. We've been so lucky with him, like, really So what, what, year, what year is Buddy? 76. 76. So yeah. it's kind of, yeah. I think 24th of October, 76, I think is a manufacturer date, if I remember that correctly. Yeah, yeah. Going up to that, yeah. So yeah, it's kind of an original Westfalia interior, sort of the darker wood stuff. It's like, yeah, I mean, it's one of the best interiors. You just get so much storage space. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's yeah. lovely. But yeah, so just kind of just a few little changes just to make it more you and work yeah, for you better, some basically. Photos up on things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think the main thing we've discussed is sort of you know storage nets around the walls and things just to more stash space i mm -hmm, think mm -hmm. 
Um, I don't know if plenty of space for snacks. Probably Joe's got. Joe's probably got a clearer sense of what needs to be done on the interior. I've got my big long list of, um, you know, clean up the electricals under the dashboard. (laughs) You know, (laughs) fix the heating. Yeah, all that sort of stuff. (laughs) And once, where's the kind of the favorite, most favorite place that you've been in him? Other than on the drive, which is awesome. I would be out here all the time, actually, (laughs) sitting in Rocky if I could. Do you have a favourite particular place or campsite? Do you know, I was just about to start listing to them and then I'm like, oh no, and then I remember, like, everywhere we go in them, that sounds really cheesy, but everywhere we go in them is pretty special. But mm-hmm. I think the Lake District for our anniversary this year was particularly amazing because we were on a campsite that was, we basically parked next to um, Coniston Water. Nice. And I just bought my paddleboard. So in the oh, morning, okay. yeah, yeah. while someone was still asleep, I'd make a little flask of tea and just walk to the water's edge with my board, no one around. Yeah, you can just go straight out. And That's a great place. It was beautiful and just so peaceful. And obviously we were really lucky with the weather so you could see all the mountains and everything as well. And it was just, oh, it was really special. And then walking back from the, just carrying my board back and then it's like, oh my God, yeah, it's a campsite there. There's there's a couple along the edge of Coniston. This one's really good. Um, is it Coniston Hall? I think it's Coniston Hall is the right the right name that I've got for it, yeah. And strictly speaking, you can't camp like right on the edge of the lake. Mm-hmm. And they've got some signs there, but we did sneak Buddy down the track for an Instagram <laughs> shot. <laughs> for an Instagram <laughs> shot at the end of the show. So let's just drive down there, take a picture. Man, and then... man of places we park where we shouldn't. Have yeah, but that's it. That I'd that's recommend that for a sort of official campsite place because mm-hmm. you're right on the lake. You can go out from the campsite straight onto the lake. Yeah. It's just a short walk into town if you're going to go to the pub or something yeah, like that. Really good um, and yeah, you know nice and central in the Lake District to get around and cool. do some hikes and things, yeah. Yeah, we went there kind of out of season as well, didn't we, so it wasn't too busy. Yeah. It was nice. So yeah. you say out of season, you like winter camping, out of season yes. camping? <laughs> yeah, we do, we do, we absolutely love it. We're a bit, um, what's the word? Antisocial Cheeky. we are. No, we're antisocial, <laughs> we just don't want people, basically. <laughs> no, we're very cheeky, so we do have heating in, in, in Rocky. Um, oh, that's something we uh... Peter that is quite nice on those cold mornings just to kind of flick on and to be honest we thought that we would use it way more even in the states when we had some really cold times like minus 15 that was fun um but we didn't we don't use it that often it's mainly in the uk when it's damp you know those cold damp mornings that we've had in the last couple of weeks in wales and the isle of man there's a few days it was just really damp and if you've been for a hike or something just you're you're damp and just to kind of dry yourself off and warm yourself up that's kind of when we tend to use it but no we just something about it especially when you get a cold but bright day winter camping mm, there is just nothing better yeah. and especially it's quiet look it's gone back to school oh, yeah. yeah i'm much more of a winter person i mean i sort of uh, i i sort of i don't know whether whether i force this on joe or whether she was sort of willingly in 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 joint in planning it but you know from quite early on when we met we started doing winter camping tent mm. camping yeah and that became a bit of a new year's sort of tradition yeah. to go I remember, away i remember i think seeing a post that probably was last year um of you guys were you camping were you in buddy or were you new year this year we would have been in buddy in past like four or five we've been in before that we'd have been in tent somewhere where you posted something about winter camping and being in tent and we just thought you guys were completely mental in a really good way that's just mad like being winter camping and just like it's just like someone else likes it yes we tend to go a lot a lot with our friends kind of winter sort of trips and stuff and we like to use the bus all year round 
and it's fine if you want to park them up, mm. hide them away for the winter and stuff. I get that, but mm. there's just you're missing out. You're yeah. massively missing out um, for sure. Yeah, especially yeah. if there's places that are just so quiet and peaceful and nice during the winter. It's, yeah, definitely, it's a different kind of camping for sure. It's my favourite. I mean, I know oh, whole business and ethos is all hello yeah. sunshine and whatnot, and I do love the sun, but I'm not good in heat. Like I've turned into a sweaty mess and <laughs> camping in a tent in the summer is the worst. So oh, autumn yeah. winter camping yeah. is a hundred percent my favorite. Yeah. Like, we sleep so much better when it's cold. Yes. Crikey. I mean, I think the worst tent experience I've had recently, we went to a friend's wedding in Bavaria and that was so absolutely bad. fantastic. It was lovely. It was like 30 <laughs> degrees wow. like in the mountains and we're in this tent, you hung over and it's like six in the morning. It's like scorching sunshine. It was absolutely hideous. <laughs> Yeah, that was that's. I think that's the only bit of summer camping. Yeah. No, I, I used to do it quite often. I used to go down with a friend of mine um, who we still go camping with now, and we used to just head down through the night in my VW Beetle circles on the roof, get down there, set up the tent, and you probably get about an hour and a half before the sun comes up, and then you just have to roll out because you're hot, so hot and sweaty, and you just you miss a complete day. We used to travel through the night to miss the traffic, and it's it's just not nice. Oh, Whatever yeah. way you look at it, it's just not nice. So, do you have any sort of future travel plans with Buddy or otherwise? I know we mentioned Norway. <laughs> We've got lots of ideas, haven't we? But I mean, actually, we need to sort something. Look at the calendar for next year. Yeah, yeah the main thing. Away over Christmas and New Year somewhere, yeah. but that's. I think doing a summer trip would be good. The main thing would just be making sure we can block the time off because I think yeah. you know, going away for more than a week is really the ideal, I think. Two weeks, three weeks means you can get a really good trip in. Right? Right. And, yeah, let's go for a month. Someone has to uh, get but yeah, yeah, holiday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're not all self-employed. <laughs> no. um, um, I can't afford the... Uh, can't afford the computers to do my job <laughs> without someone else buying them. I'm sure you could probably somehow get it to work. They're like, they'll be fine. Just behave yourself while I'm away. <laughs> so, is there any kind of, sort of tips camping wise you would sort of have for anybody or anything bus related that you kind of thought, oh, guys, you need to use this? I noticed you have a porta potty. Yeah. <laughs> it's like some people love them, some people hate them. You don't have to go into too much detail at all, or we can switch and move on. But any, anything that you would recommend people to kind of try out have or not have i think the portable is brilliant like we don't i yeah. mean we don't use it all the time but on longer trips and stuff it's definitely i mean anyone that knows me and spends more than half a day with me will know i need to do it quite a lot <laughs> yeah. um but it's that so that's definitely handy it's not very nice to clean out and whatnot but it's there it's you know it's yeah. better than pooing in a cup yeah. <laughs> i mean i'm happy talking about scatological things you know i think it's, we've got quite a good system where you know generally speaking it's early in the morning, I'm still in bed, so I'm happy to just hide <laughs> under the covers while what needs to happen happens. See, I've you been know? Tr trying to get Andrew in here. She's shaking her head. There's no <coughs> million years that she, she would do that in front of me, even if I'm like, you know, under the covers, earplugs, mask, whatever, whatever is necessary. It would just not happen. Yeah. The other way around, I, I, whatever, I, I literally don't care. Um, but you would never, would you, Andrea? No. I mean, no. to be fair, you don't really have much of a choice, do you? <laughs> gotta go, gotta go. Go, 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 go. I get it, I get it. And I think it's one of these kind of subjects that VW owners is a bit of a taboo because 
in the UK, we tend to have vehicles like this, and they're obviously quite small compared to the US, where they have mm. RVs and they're like, and they have an actual bathroom, they have in. an actual bathroom <laughs> that you can sit down and with four walls that you don't have to, you know, and then an extractor fan probably, and all those all those kind of things. That it's just a different way of camping. An extractor um, fan would be a nice addition. That would be nice, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, but yeah, perhaps you can, yeah, be the, the somebody to market one in the UK. Just a tiny handheld fan pointing in the right direction and with the window open, it'll be fine. Right. Will, I need a toilet. Can you, can you get the fan? You're like, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And a good supply of tea and milk. Yeah, tea is yeah. important for Joe, very important tea, for Joe. So I think we. And slippers. Or like thick socks, yes. just having yeah. something yeah. nice to wear. Absolutely. I think we, we've not, I, I, I will say, I think we've not hit our sort of optimum <laughs> travel efficiency, mm -hmm. you know, sort of setup yet. We still need, you know, there's still some things to iron out. Yeah. Um, our stove situation right now is not perfect. We've got these horrible Halfords like gas pot stoves that, stoves, yeah. you know, and so we need to get that sorted and we haven't really decided whether we want to do cook in or cook out, mm -hmm. you know, whether we get a built-in stove. I think it's funny, we still pack as <clears> if <throat> we're going camping in a tent a lot of the time, and then we realise we've actually got covers to put things in. So yeah, this is the worst thing. And, it's, it's very uh, strange when you uh, have that crossover, mm -hmm. and I know for a long time, um, when we had our camper, our, our friends we normally went camping with didn't, for a while they now do, and there's always that kind of crossover where we would go to a campsite and that doesn't allow campers, so, oh, we'll just use our camp's tent. Mm. But then it's it's such a different mindset for what you need to take and you yeah. think oh yeah you do i mean now because of where we are we don't have sort of off street parking for our camper but i've got my workshop so quite recently we've been parking the camper outside the house and we're literally taking our under hour out in our hands in the street <laughs> people are looking at us going what the so we lift, shoving it into the cubby holes and doing this because you've got them so that's yeah, yeah. what we do um but yeah when you go camping you have to you know, have it in a bag and have to have this and you have to have a bit more of a system yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah if you um, want to kind of keep things yeah, separate more practice, yeah. Yeah. for us we were we were kind of the wrong way around for i mean we we'd sort of be three days into a trip and we're thinking why have we got two rucksacks each and with all of our clothes in <laughs> yeah, instead yeah, yeah. of having clothes in the drawers and in the wardrobe yeah, yeah, like yeah. what are we doing exactly the same we used to kind of just like right let's pack and you they'd sit on the back and then you're getting into bed and we're like why have we not unpacked these? <laughs> and then where do we put the backpack that we're not going to be using and it's yeah 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 and i know um friends of ours they also they also um they have a lot of stuff in the cupboards and stuff and they have camping clothes so they have things all ready oh, to go and we quite often leave our walking boots in our, in our camper don't we anyway because that's when we tend to use them and an extra jumper that's that we don't plan. use that often or even just essentials in the cupboard like you know dry dry food toilet roll toilet roll <laughs> that kind of stuff yeah definitely um speaking of which i actually do need to go for a way <laughs> well i think we should probably wrap it up then because joe's about to get the porta potty out you can use the actual house facility so just quickly um how but everybody's going to be interested in for very different reasons. Uh, how can how can people find your work stuff online if they want um, to get illustration or see what you produce? My website is hello-sunshine.co.uk. So there's a lot of stuff on there, but generally I keep Instagram up to date with lots of things, which is at sunshine underscore Joe. And is that also where you can see pictures of Buddy? Like, yes, I did set him off an account um, when we first got him. I got excited. I was like, yeah, and then I have a personal account as well. Um, 
So, and it just got too much. I was like, three yes. is way too much. Yeah, yeah, we, <laughs> so, we kind of found out yeah. we're individual ones and you just, just try yeah. and stick with one. So, yeah, so Buddy pops up every so often on the Sunshine Joe one, but then there's um, Joe underscore once <laughs> underscore adventure. Okay. Um, yeah. And just because she's so bad at self-advertising, I'll point out all the things that I don't think we've touched on. Portraits. Jewelry oh and portrait stints at weddings, as well as private commissions. They're all on the website and they're all fantastic. Awesome. Well, I'll make sure that they're in the show notes. It's all there because Joey is generally pretty damn awesome. You need to check out her work. So, thank you so much, guys, for your time. Hey, thank you. thank you. Thanks for coming. Joey, you may now get the podcast out right now. So I'll just gonna, take this mic off first. Yeah. Take the mic off first. <laughs>